So we're continuing our series of podcasts, tackling the topic of NFTs and how it's impacting artists and the art community today. This episode, we're talking to an art collector. His name's Tim Kang, and he's a native of North Carolina, who's now become a prominent figure in what he describes as a NFT thought leader. He's also created a foundation called Sevens Foundation, and they're offering Sevens Genius Grants for emerging and underrepresented artists to mint their first NFTs. Since, as you've probably heard on previous episodes, the gas fee for minting NFTs, meaning the fee you pay in order to create them, can often create a barrier for a lot of artists that come from disadvantaged backgrounds or maybe just don't know what they're doing and don't have money to spare. So, I started talking to him about why he's collecting NFTs, what was the interest, and we go from there. So let's get started. Hi, Tim. Thanks for joining us and talking about NFTs and uh, the life of being a collector. Thank you so much for having me. It's uh, just it's an incredible honor and what's been happening lately is absolutely insane. And, you know, it's, uh, I'd love to share some of my thoughts. Yeah, sure. So I think you use the word insane. I think that's a term I've heard a lot around this sort of like, because, you know, NFTs, I mean, it's not like they're brand new, but they certainly right. sort of entered the mainstream with a huge bang. First question, what do you attribute that to? I think uh, as with a lot of things there, there can be, you know, an initial hype and maybe overhype and i think kind of the the meteoric rise it's not something we expected um at all you know i thought it was going to take like a year for things to start uh, catching on and adopting but um i guess that might be the nature of of something that's that it's kind of crypto native perhaps and just getting numbers and so when um, you say we who do you mean um we as in collectors okay. and and the and the space we as in um the artists and everyone who's been in this kind of community and i i i think a lot of that is happening on twitter yeah so now let's get a little bit of your background because i think part of the demystifying i'd like to do about this or just in general that i've been interested about nfts is you know Part of the issue with online, and, I, and I'll tell you, even with Hyperallergic, when we started it, it felt similar. Like people thought we were a bunch of kids in a basement. <laughs> and, you know, there are a lot of stereotypes about online things, right? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. and they sort of propagate. And I think it's perhaps because there's a vacuum of information. Right. Mm -hmm. And people like yeah. to project their fantasies of whatever that is, <laughs> you know, right. whether to dismiss it or hold it up or whatever. So right, tell me right. a little bit about your own background. Like, how did you get here? What's your journey been? Yeah, um, so I I went to the University of North Carolina. I'm a, I'm a native of North Carolina, and um, I studied computer science and business. And so after that, I got my first job and working at a bank, uh, Deutsche Bank. And paradoxically, like I I wanted to invest. You know, I, I had a little bit of savings, and I, you know, I heard early that I had to save money and invest early. And so like since I had worked at a bank, I was like kind of very restricted with stocks. Um, that's just how like the nature is. So I, I thought of like, I thought of Bitcoin and then I started diving deep into this alternative and then, you know, I invested in Ethereum. And so like, I, I, I kind of like stemmed um, from crypto background starting in early 2016. And I started to work on my own platforms. I, I'm very passionate um, in music. And so I, created a live audio DJ streaming platform. And that was kind of my, one of my like passion projects. And then I was, you know, keeping myself up, up to date with what was happening on blockchain and stumbled upon super rare through an artist, uh, Murat Pak. And there was, there was this piece that I just thought, I guess it just looks cool. Honestly, that's, that's really it. There's that's, uh, that's not really which piece is it i'm here on your um open c account so i'm, I'm <laughs> it's uh it. which one is it it is the mobius knot mobius and, okay. yeah and it's um yeah it just it just looks cool and and i was I, honestly i was i was really kind of confused you know i i don't actually stem from like a traditional art background like i don't have i, I haven't taken too many art history classes and and you know i wish i'd like at this point i wish i did so i could like start to like 
understand the background and stories of you know all all of the greats um, and masters in, in the past and but yeah so I kind of stumbled upon this this platform super rare and I was like what is this and it was really until I bought my first piece that I started to understand what it really was so even like with this kind of like background I it took me like some steps it took me like that that experience of actually jumping in to really understand. And and as I did, I was like, the experience was pretty crazy. It was like, you know, I bought I bought this piece and I was like, oh wow, like I actually I, I feel like I own this, you know? And then like I started getting followers on, on Twitter. I was like, what's <laughs> happening? <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> and like, you know, I I Wait, what's I, the connection? What's the connection between those two? Yeah, that's 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 the thing, and like I, you know, I remained very private and quiet, you know, and just building my own things. And eventually, I wanted to go out there and share what I had built to the world, but I didn't really like connect with too many people online before myself, even though I'm very like digitally native, I guess. Mm -hmm. But people saw that I had bought that, and I guess my my username was linked to that, and then people started following me, and I was like, whoa. And even like a musician that I really loved, his name is Atlas. He started following me. I was like, holy crap, like this is this musician that I like, like is following me because of this. Like, <laughs> this is incredible. And yeah, that's kind of, that was kind of my first first experience. Got it. I can't seem to find the Mobius knot. Is there a link that you can send me? Oh, yeah, I can send you if you don't mind. Great. Mm -hmm. So now a lot of the criticism I've been hearing around this is people are wondering, OK, how is this actually helping artists and art makers and the art world in general, because, you know, I think part of the hesitation, and I think it's somewhat justified, is that anything that sort of gets, uh, you know, pushed to a tech platform ends up disrupting, quote unquote, but that disruption sometimes then pushes out a whole bunch of people that have been an integral part of that industry, right? So mm -hmm. what, you know, as a collector, as somebody who's sort of engaged with this, what is your kind of own motivation, right? I mean, it's, I understand you sort of liked what it was, what was going on. You're sort of learning more about art. That's the way I'm understanding what you're saying. But how would you respond to people who are bringing that up? So do you mean by like pushing like maybe traditional art? Or, or even or, like dealers and, you know, even like, you know, there's been a lot of questions about art critics. What is an art critic's role in something like this, right? Right, yeah. You know, but it's also curators. Like, what is curating mm -hmm. a work like this look like, right? When it's right. going straight to collectors and artists are making this work, but it doesn't necessarily have, you know, a lot of the other sort of trappings around this. Like, mm -hmm. the idea of like, is it going to just sort of... Um, flatten the field to a certain point. And I, and I don't mean horizontal, right? I just mean flat in terms of then it just becomes an issue of like luxury product sort of being doled out and sort of people buying. I guess this, I'm just sort of sharing some of the anxieties around this. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, um, I think it's just very new, um, nascent. And um, I think there's a huge role for curation and, and critics in this space. And like, I think it's, actually very much lacking and you know the available platforms for crypto arts uh, digital arts is very it's like open minting so like it's kind of hard to really sift and like enjoy a tailored experience and right. I very much kind of find myself in that position where I kind of want to start to seek art that tells more of a story instead of just something that looks cool you know it, although it was like you know something that alerted me at first and it is, it is that piece and it looks really cool but yeah. um i do appreciate storytelling so very much and so i think there's a huge role for for, for that so maybe this is the gateway drug for you you know you're sort of <laughs> <laughs> yeah no absolutely like i you know i I'm, it really is it really is and like what i love about this is that because of what's happening, I've I'm I'm like discovering so much talent and artists and these people that have been behind all of the visual work that we see at live music shows or on TV or on YouTube, like these designers. And they've been just doing so much work just in the background and, you know, not being compensated fairly and um, not having a name for themselves. And now now I'm starting to be able to discover all of these people. So and now I'm looking at this Mobius knot work. Now, is that list price? Is that like, how much is that? 77,777. Uh, <laughs> what? Is that um, so, so that's just, 
<laughs> yeah, so I don't, it's, that's just there just to be there, you know, like, so all How of the- How much would that be in like dollars? How much? I have no want? idea, man. <laughs> <laughs> I have not like thought about it. It's just, I, I estimated it to a point where like, yeah, no one's going to buy this. All right. <laughs> I, I, I mean, so, that's, like, so just so you know, I looked it up. That's $324 million. Oh, yeah. So, the, okay. yeah, exactly. So it's like a joke list. It's like a joke <laughs> okay. price. Okay. And like, um, so, so more background from myself as a collector, like I've collected maybe around 200 plus artworks mm-hmm. and, or like 500 NFTs in total. And I, I have not sold like a single one of them. It's just like everything that I've bought, I really just enjoy a lot. And I don't really like think about the... Uh, there's there's like a very like a like a subset of people who are coming into this like thinking oh i can make money mm-hmm. and um i do think like a lot of crypto native people like they might they might come with that intention i mean i just really love the art that i'm i'm picking up so okay so when you say you love the art how are you looking at this art do you have a a wall in your house that you're sort of like putting it on is it are you looking at your on your smartphone like how are you experiencing it yeah so i guess like discovering the art, I mean, just using my, my computer and sometimes my phone if I'm on the go or something. But, um, you know, after I after I purchased an artwork, um, what I had initially been doing is downloading the files and putting it on my living room TV and just letting it rotate through all of them. And it really is awesome because, like, when it's being displayed in my house, like, you can never do this before, but now I can be like wow I like I'm displaying this in my in my home and I actually own this and so like it's it's really a cool feeling and um so now like I've been looking at different digital frame options um which is a huge space for opportunity and innovation because um kind of like an integrated solution is lacking but That's absolutely true. Yeah. <laughs> There's no real way. I mean, I, I think I own a video game that I bought years ago as an artwork, and I have no idea what to do with it. I have it on a CD somewhere. You know, it's sort of like, and I think I've also bought gifts. I actually have no idea what to do with them. <laughs> so I don't think it's, yeah. it's so unusual. But so now when you were talking earlier about kind of owning it and like that thrill of owning it. What mm-hmm. is that thrill? How would you describe it? Because I mean, I think collectors talk about that in different ways. So I'd love to hear your take. So the thrill was like incredible at first, like because it was so new, you know, like putting my first, putting that Mobius Not piece on my TV, I was like, wow, <laughs> like this is just, this is just going to change the world, you know, because it was just like a feeling that is just so new. And also like, I think patronage for me, like, like I see this this space as this opportunity to really start to give artists what they've been lacking in their past. And, you know, digital artists and digital work has been treated like not in the most legitimate and fair way, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just really being able to purchase uh, an artwork that you love and it, it literally changing people's lives in other, in like, you know, in other countries or people that, you know, they have talent and passion and, you know, they're struggling because of their either, you know, societal, political, whatever circumstances they're in. It just, it's literally changing people's lives. And that's, that's what I love about it. And because of the hyperconnected nature of, of everything being online, oftentimes, and almost all the time, I, we, we connect as like um, the collector and artist and, you know, opening conversation with them and hearing their background and story, like it's been so moving and touching hearing like, you know, where they're coming from and like what they're, why they're doing everything. And just, we start to build relationships together. And it's just, it's really, it's really fun, you know, just building these relationships and meeting people. And, you know, it's nothing I've, I haven't really met people online before myself. And so like this, it's just every, every part of it is like really enjoyable for me. So now, you're one of the early Beeple collectors, right? That's correct. Yeah. So, do you want to talk about which piece specifically, or what, or how you, that journey to like collecting Beeple's work came about? Yeah. So, Beeple, I had discovered him on like on Nifty Gateway, and I was like, oh, that's this is gonna be this is this is really awesome. And he reached out to me because he had seen that I bought that that Pock piece. Artist he, noticed. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> Probably one of those Twitter followers that showed up. Right? <laughs> yeah. And like that led to him reaching out and he wanted to show me what he was working on. And he showed me and it was this physical, this physical pairing with the NFT. And it was really well thought out and well designed, you know, box and physical presentation. And learning about his background, he is just let he's like very looked up to um, as an inspiration. And he's he puts things out for free for artists to use. And but when you say respected, do you mean in the NFT community? Is that oh no, in the digital back, digital back just the digital art community? Right. Yeah, just because he puts things out and helps people and sh- and is like a very motivated inspiration because of his everydays, and, you know, um, because he's like, he puts in work and shows that it's possible. And so like what he had shown me was this like really thought, like well thought out pairing of a physical and physical attached to an NFT. And that was really the original promise of NFTs back, you know, they are new, but back then like people thought, oh, like we can, we compare this as like digital authentication. But at the time, the whole infrastructure and was very new and the technology was not really there yet but you know when i saw this and the auction came around like i thought like this is the way that the world is going to start to understand the the deeper implications of what crypto and blockchain really is so i just really wanted to be part of that i I thought that that was going to be like the way that people started to see things you know, when I was talking to one of the dealers, a dealer, a digital art dealer, one of the things that came up, and I think in that conversation that really, you know, interested me, it's, you know, how much is this sort of push of crypto around art a way to sort of make it friendly to the public, right? Meaning mm-hmm. like crypto has been around for a while, but yeah. all of a sudden it's like the art part of it, the story now has sort of created these other narratives, right? And these other stories. Now, yeah. how much of that is sort of connected in your opinion? I think it's, I mean, for me personally, it's very connected because that that's kind of like what I wanted, you know, like, I think it is connected, quite connected. And because it's like, like literally digitally or like value, it's connected by value, you know, it's like the cryptocurrency is the one that is like what actually purchases it, I guess, and purchases this, uh, this art that's that's both like on blockchain the decentralized technology so i think it's very connected so then yeah. so then for those then you know wondering then is this really about art or is this really just about crypto that's a that's a good question and i so think what's your answer i i i want it to be about art and that's really that was my intention and i think a lot of it is is about crypto unfortunately but i think it's also about art and and a lot of people see it as art I, but I think it's like just very new. And so like, especially what's getting the headlines, kind of like that people purchase and people's rise, like what's getting the headlines is like money, you know, and that's always, <laughs> it's always, it is always about money. And, but that's kind of like the necessary evil that I, that, that I thought was needed to happen in order for people to start paying attention at, 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 at least. You know, so what did you think when People's Peace went for 69 million? Like, I mean, in, in this sort of pandemic, you know, when people yeah. are sort of suffer, it's like, you know, part of me wonders, is that really sending the kind of message, you know, or like, what what's that all about? Why is it 69 million? Like, you know, for an artist yeah. that, okay, I understand you're, you know, you, you sort of discovered his work, but he's not exactly an artist that, you know, has a huge track record in terms of those kind of sales. And it kind of came out mm-hmm. of nowhere. Mm-hmm. What should we understand from that? So he came, he actually came to me to deliver the piece that I, that I won for, for 777. And it was awesome. It was a great time. He delivered the piece and we, I got to know him and meet him and we had a great time. And, you know, he told me early that he had this Christie's auction that he was so excited about, you know, because that had never, it's just a digitally, you know, native, just a digital only NFT at an auction house that never happened before. So it was really a big moment in time. And so like, but we were estimating like, you know, if it hit a million, hell yeah. You know, that would be amazing. You know, Can so I it's not how fun- much you paid. Oh, for the people. Yep. Oh, so, um, so I, I bought it for $777,777. And so is that why the other one is 777, the, the Mobius not? 
Yeah, I, I guess so. It's just the number that I... <laughs> it's I, a lucky number for you, maybe. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. And um, my charity is named after as well. Got it. Okay. Um, it's like, you know, I, I use that number as a representation of like, kind of like a divine and like, mm-hmm. you know, number and like, yeah, it's just, just a spiritual thing for me. So, yeah, I thought it was, you know, at first I was like, oh my God, like it, it's hitting three, uh, three million, like five million, like like this is incredible and then like i don't and then i don't know if that was like the most healthy thing to be honest like i mean he he very much deserves every every amount of it because of you know the amount of work that he's put in but like it was it just it just seemed a little bit too fast and a little bit like and like i don't know um understatement i mean i <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, like, was, yeah, we, we we really thought it was going to take year, like a year at least to for. So, so what do you attribute that to then? I mean, I guess this is what everyone's trying to figure out, right? It's not like, you know, I mean, sure. I mean, the NFT works look interesting, but, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily look like, though, it's sort of changed everyone's world, right? Like, it's not, I mean, these are, I'm looking at the Mobius knot. It's a beautiful image. It doesn't look that different from the GIF art that we've been seeing for years. You know, it's like, I guess this is part of like what people are trying to figure out with this new wave of work. Where is the kind of innovation? Is it just that it's tied to the blockchain? Um, so the innovation aspects, yeah, that, that that is the main part of it. But um, the innovation is really the non-fungible token itself, um, which extends like way beyond just just arts. And so art is like the first easily communicable aspects of to, to really convey like what is possible. And that's why I, I, I love it. And I went like, you know, all balls deep into this, you know, because it. It, it's the first thing that can start communicating to everyone. But like the actual NFT, it's like, it, all it really is is just a digital ownership, like certificate of ownership authenticity, right? And like that could be applied to so many other levels and layers, like like a Louis Vuitton bag or an actual a physical art piece. Just just stick an NFT on there. It doesn't have to even like NFTs in the future. I think should be free. Like they should be um, like video game assets. You know, like just using blockchain technology you know so Um, then so then how artists going to make money well what's your kind of thought around that then but art is um but i I believe art is like it's also it's just like that world of patronage i guess and like um and i i I do think it'll it will will be sticking around and um so how about let's talk about some of the ideas around this before we get into the the foundation you've created so now you know, part of the, I guess, the appeal for a lot of people is this idea that this work cannot be destroyed. It's sort of permanent, has a permanent place. Mm-hmm. But isn't there something beautiful about the fact, like part of what makes art so precious is the fact that it can be destroyed, that it it is ephemeral in a way. Do you know? Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like the yeah. beauty of like the moment of something being sort of rendered, you know, possible, but then also knowing that it's fleeting. Now, right. Do you think that, that has any impact on this conversation? Is that something that you think about? that's um that's actually a really good perspective um so i i do think that like i because of the space it doesn't because of these like new like this this nft arts and crypto art it doesn't really take away from the allure of physical like traditional art and paintings and physical items you know um it's kind of like a like there's they should be complementary really and like uh, I still am very much so interested in like buying like paintings um, for my house. You know, I, I recently got got a new house and I have white walls. I have a blank canvas, you know, so, you know, I've been thinking like, well, how do I how, how do I decorate, you know, and it's interesting, well, even though you're buying NFTs, you're still thinking of buying physical art. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So you um, see it as part of a bigger collection, not just like you're an NFT collector. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like and like I I was thinking of traditional art first, like like physical paintings and stuff. But then why didn't you go down that route? Out of curiosity. Um, it, I think it's because NFTs, like uh, I literally discovered crypto art after, like as I moved into my new house. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, I need, this is the feature. So I need, to, I need to go like all into this. And so like, I've kind of been, you know, that's kind of where I went. And 
there is an artist, uh, Thank You X, who uh, Ryan he he's a he comes from from street art and uh, he's a he's a painter. And um, what he did was he he created a he created paintings and then installed like a digital um, aspect within the actual painting that makes it like kind of like breathe. Mm-hmm. And so he like blended the two in like kind of the opposite way of of like people. And I, I thought it was really cool. And I, I'm, I'm having two of those uh, come, come soon and I'm excited for it. Yeah. That's awesome. So Tim, you sound really rich. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to be blunt, you know, it's sort of like, you know, because I mean, it, it, it sounds like you've done pretty well on this. Uh, so I don't know how, I don't know, like if I, I don't know how, like for me to come off like that, I don't know if that's a good thing at all. Um, I, uh, <laughs> Well, I um, mean, you're saying you bought a work for seven hundred thousand dollars. Oh, okay. like, you know, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. You know, to, to be fair, it's like you know. So I'm just kind of curious. It's like, so you've done really well with this. At least it sounds like that in terms of crypto in general, not art, because you've said you didn't actually, you haven't actually sold any art. So yeah, it's not right. what about. But you know, so how much of this feels like it's sort of like you know giving back to a community you sort of benefited from in terms of crypto and this type of thing? Like, I, I'm yeah. trying to understand the different motivations. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I feel like I've benefited a lot in terms of connecting with people, you know, like I, it's, I've never thought that I would be, you know, hanging out with these people who are so respected in the digital art space, you know, and um, it's never, it was never in my like, I never had imagined it at first. And like, um, my life really changed from this. And so kind of the way that I want to ensure that, you know, you know, I, I kind of the the bid that I made for people and kind of it it being a head churn for for the entire space, in in a sense, I want to wanted to really represent like this was about the art mm-hmm. and like yes, like money is like will get attention and like yes, there there is money to be made, but it's kind of like a double edged sword and that like a lot of people are coming in without really thinking about the arts and like. I don't know. There's so much, like so many things out there. It's just very low effort mm-hmm. in my opinion. And, and I think it reflects that and art is good. Art should take time. And, and I really want, wanted to represent that this is, you know, this is empowering artists. This is something that like has never been possible before for creatives. And so I really care about, you know, people and, and, and the artists and, so everything that I want that I'm doing here on, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm really representing and supporting and building for the future of what I really wanted it to be for. So now one of the biggest, I guess, controversial parts of this has been the ecological footprint mm-hmm. of, of yeah. these. Do you have any thoughts on that? Because, you know, people are saying, look, you know, the environmental impact of something like this isn't worth it. Do you know? Yeah. Worth yeah. It? I mean, I am totally, a, you know, I don't like any carbon emissions, you know, like I want the world to sustain itself and for us to be able to inhabit it and live it, live in it. And, um, but I do think part of it is blown out of proportion. So most everything is happening on Ethereum and in the future, this will be resolved using a, a different consensus algorithm, proof of stake. And so this is currently temporary, at least for Ethereum, as long as they, they deliver. Um, this update. But Bitcoin, for example, is not going to fix itself, at least what it seems. But everyone was using Bitcoin like without thinking about it, right? And and then another parallel that I'd, I'd like to point out is that like the traditional banking industry, the amount of computers and servers that's upkeeping and maintaining these traditional industries is like quite, quite bad as well. And so like, I'm not saying any admission is good, you know, right. um, but there are solutions coming and it is temporary and it's very, it's, you know, it's, it's a small, small portion compared to the rest of the, the worlds and industries. And so, you know, and that's an interesting perspective that the ecological imprint of, of crypto is really kind of an extension of the ecological imprint of banking in a way. Yeah. Like there's so many, it's really like, you know, computers and like, all the infrastructure around banking, it might, I don't, I don't know the numbers, but it very, it very well might be more and, and worse. So I don't, I don't know, but, um, so, but you see it as part of a continuity between that. That's yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. Got it. So now let's talk about Seven's foundation. So now, first of all, I have to ask. So when you bought that piece from Beeple, did did you propose the price? Because I mean, this if this is a <laughs> spiritual number for you, I'm assuming that there was a conversation there. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, um, I definitely did, and like I, I didn't intend on winning that auction. Honestly, I wasn't intending on spending that much, but like. I surprisingly got on like a whitelist where you can kind of like bid more than you have in your account. And so even when that happened, I was like, oh, thanks, uh, but I'm not going to use this. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not really like a reckless spender. You know, I got it. recently made these fortunes and like really like I really just recently started spending money and, and they're all on NFTs in my, in my new house. And where do you live nowadays? What city? I'm in Los Angeles. You I just moved back here like a year ago. Yeah, right. uh, I, I love it out here. So you mentioned seven being sort of a spiritual number for you. Do you mind sort of sharing your sort of thoughts on seven? Yeah. Um, well, I I, I, I am Christian. It's I, a big number in the Bible too. Yeah, I guess I guess so. I don't I don't actually go to church, but you know I, I'm very I, I'm very spiritual. I would say. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that number to me is like divine, and it, it represents like kind of like a, something that you don't really know of. You know, it's like um, like kind of like foresight that you don't know about, you know, like kind of like a d- divinity, like a God, like mm-hmm. if, the, if there is a God, then you would be like, oh, you don't really, this God knows, but you don't, you know? Got it. And so that's, that's kind of like how I wanted to represent uh, using that number. It's just like, yeah, it's just like what I represent and like how I believe things. And so um, just personally, I mean, some people, some people may call it the universe, you know, totally. and maybe, totally. maybe eight is a, is a more fitting number. But um, in the Bible, seven is a is a really important number, right? Yeah, yeah. Seven days, and you know, in seven days, it was supposed to. What was it? The debt jubilees in the Old Testament. <laughs> you sort of like give up all your debts. Slaves were set free. Yep. I mean, there's like a lot of spirituality and also yeah, kind of yeah. numerology around that number as well. Yeah, for sure. And the reason that I I was I just wanted to sh- just put that stamp there, you know, and you know, because I really thought this could potentially change the world. And do you still see that? Do you still see that potential? I, I do. I do. Like I, even from back in 2016, I, when I got into crypto, like I saw that like the, the world changing implications, but people only really, I mean, everyone really only thought of it as like a stock, I guess. And like yeah. not the deeper applications, you know, and just to see like, this is literally changing people's lives through art. That's like, this story is going to, in the, in, in our future, we're going to look back and be like, wow, this is gonna, This is the beginnings of how the applications can like, are started, started to make sense to people, I think. So are you more optimistic about that possibility for change now or less? And how has that fluctuated over the years? I'm more so um, optimistic than before, because at it was very scary back then. Like, you know, the SEC was coming in saying, no, this is Ill- illegitimate. And then like, you know, and it was, crypto was very, um, we didn't necessarily see the applications and implications that it had, but we could only like kind of conject- conjecture it in our heads and think about the possibilities. But now yeah, we're seeing is there any fear about government regulation and that having a big impact? Because, you know, there has been some rumblings about that because of all these different hijacking attempts or, I mean, you know, the different hacking, I should say, attempts, you know, <laughs> yeah. has there been any concern around that? Um, they, they, I mean, NFTs are going to be definitely um, looked at by the government, but I don't, it, it's quite a legitimate thing now. Like all the laws are like kind of set in place for what cryptocurrency is. And so I, I think the same will happen with, with uh, NFTs. Got it. Um, so now let's talk about the Sevens Foundation. So now Sevens Foundation, you've set up, um, as you've mentioned, sevens, seven being an important number. And I'm just going to read from the press release quickly. The Sevens, sevens Genesis grant amplifies the work of emerging digital artists, providing a platform for those creating their first NFTs. So now the foundation you've helped create, or that you've created, I should say, because mm-hmm. it's your foundation, they this they has created a grant a special kind of grant to support artists doing their first nfts so now what's your hope with that why why did you think that was necessary yeah and uh so i um i thought of this idea in january um late january because like there's like a minting cost the minting fee that's, that's right. exorbitantly high for for many people and so it's, it's about a like hundred dollars correct yeah it fluctuates and it can be a hundred like maybe 50 on a good day. And also at the time, like NFTs did not hit the mainstream yet. And so 
our goal as a community, I, I thought, and with um, the artists that I kind of reached out to and, and, and advisors that I reached out to was to really spread the good word and evangelize about this opportunity. And so we we created this grant to, and, and also like, you know, an artist investing in themselves, like that much money um, in this new idea where it's like, wait, there's no way I'm going to be paid at like hundreds of dollars for it, for, for my art. You know, that's the, it's just like, I feel like digital artists have been conditioned. I mean, it's just like a new, so new, you know? And so like to reduce that, that investment, self-investment barrier and say that, Hey, we're going to help you. Like we're going to help show you what, what this all is all about. We thought was necessary to really help push things forward and really get people aware. And so that's why um, we created this grants program. And so what is the, is this the main focus of the foundation or what are you hoping the foundation will do generally? Yeah, for sure. It is the main focus and it's like really what I cared about the most. And so that program we, we are launching today, like um, the market for it. And I mean, we just want people to really enjoy the work and it's going to be an ongoing program for more so, people to, that may be new to it to, to apply. So when you say that you launched the marketplace today, like, do you want to explain a little bit about what that is? Like, is it a sevens Genesis marketplace? Like, what's the marketplace you're you're talking about? Yeah, so like it's within the website. It's like very integrated. You can like place bids, and the the artists can can accept. And honestly, the I think the whole drop and auctions mechanic is may not be. The, the most ideal it's kind of like what the space is used to right now but i i think like taking time with it is is okay you know i think that's kind of like how art has worked in the past like you know it takes a while to sell sell our pieces and so i think that's perfectly fine so you it mentions here that sevens foundation offers up its platform and takes zero percent of profits so it's a that's pro correct. bono right that's correct so now i i imagine there are a bunch of gallerists shaking their fist at you right now you know, as they sort of hear this, like, what's he doing? How are we ever going to survive? How do you respond to that? Um, I'm just like fortunate that I can like work on my passions and like, and it's always been my dream to, to build a charity. So I'm really living my dream right now. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And, and thanks for being part, like, you know, it's just, thanks for having me here again. Like, no, I mean, I think it's, I think it's important. Like I'm, I'm actually not one of those sort of naysayers. I don't necessarily think that it's just like everything is bad or like good. I think there yeah. are positives and negatives in, in yeah. all of this. And I think it's just, you know, but I, I think I'm one of just many people trying to figure out where this is going. Right. Because I yeah, think sure. it feels a little outside of our control in terms mm -hmm. of, and I don't mean that we have to have a plan, you know, a sketched out plan, but yeah. it, it can lead, you know, I'll tell you uh, here, I'll be frank about my anxieties about this. Yeah. One of yeah. The anxieties right. is like with the digitization of the Napsterification of music, what it mm -hmm. did was it eventually sort of destroyed the ability of artists to actually make money off selling music, right? Some people make money off streaming, but most people now make money off concerts, right? In mm -hmm. the art world, there isn't really an equivalent. So the question is, like, mm -hmm. it, will this end up, you know, bringing in so many works where the values will start going down potentially, right? And then what will happen there? So I guess these are sort of like the issues percolating that I just love to hear your thoughts about. Or, you know, and I know that these are all new, so maybe you don't yeah, have fully yeah. formed thoughts. That's totally yeah, cool. yeah. But it's yeah. just some of these sort of different concerns people are having. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think like the kind of like idea of like streaming and 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 like the music industry getting destroyed, absolutely destroyed, is because of the broken nature of the industry. And Justin Blau is really working towards um, creating new models of monetization that that goes directly to the artists. And um, it's like this, this technology is really going to enable value going directly to creators more than anything. And so I, I do think we have like innate fears of like openness may, may destroy value, you know, hmm. but I, I don't think that's the case. I think it, it increases value in terms of uh, attention and recognition and, but having the kind of the the model where money can go directly to like the super fans, the patrons of the artists, they that money can go directly to them instead of to to labels, to publishers, to all these middlemen who are squeezing the money. I guess mm -hmm. um, 
but there's still like room for that. Um, but more like more honest room, I think. And so I guess like what, you know, I think what you're, you're posing here is like, uh, I, I, we're taking 0% and right. as, as kind of like a gallery, right? Um, but really like my intention here is to represent like money should money, like there's this opportunity for money to go directly to artists where it's never been possible before. And that's, that's kind of like where, like, I just want to represent, but there's, there's still opportunity to be healthy participants in this ecosystem and provide value for, for artists as, as curators and yeah. And really putting, putting them, shining a spotlight on them. So now I want I want to ask you a little bit about your advisory board here. So who are these people and how do you bring them together and why is Paris Hilton here? <laughs> yeah, it's been a wild a wild story, um, a wild journey, I guess. And so all of the advisors and, and artists that you see there are like kind of as the space was still still new and growing in January before it kind of got big. These are kind of like leading voices and and artists, and I just had reached out and to all of these people asking if they were, they were, they wanted to help, you know, push this in- initiative forward. So is Paris Hilton really serious about NFTs? She, she is. And, um, Why? She, she's the new one. She, she was like added after, but like she came into NFTs, like in a very different way than anyone else. Hmm. So like, she is like an, a, a one-off, like she's different because a lot of people have come into the space and kind of just like came in, made money and and left. Right. Doing like drops and stuff, you know, and like, but, but Paris had, and there's some people who like are coming in with traditional mentalities, giving artists like 20%, 5% and then taking them all the money for themselves as like a brand, you know, and like, that's kind of what I want this to move away from. Like, like corp- corporations are really sucking away. It's like, too much money away from the, the actual creators. But Paris, um, she came in, did a collaboration. Like she even even within the the title, it was like collaboration, you know? Yeah. And she has interacted with the the community completely fully on Twitter. Oh wow. Yeah. So like she's she's been very, very awesome as a supporter. And I I, I met her um in person and she's very like She's very nice and sweet, and yeah, and so like, dang, like she's she's really awesome. So okay, so you connected with her. That's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now let me talk about your collection a little bit. You know, it's like how do you how do you describe your collection to people? You know, because often collectors will say, okay, well, I'm interested in this kind of work, or these are the kinds of where I'm I'm finding my attention moving towards. Right. How about you? Yeah. So um, I think at first, like, I really liked. Um, something that that like visually looped and like was very continuous and because like when when you go to stare at something like an art piece some uh, like you want to be able to like really be mesmerized i guess and like really be able to 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 look at it for a while i guess and so like i started to i i kind of like my initial like tastes were these loops that were seamless and like um i started to to really enjoy like really detailed ones um, for example, someone named Nest Graphics, he, his loops were just, his, his the amount of detail that he puts into his pieces are just in, intense. You know, it's just so much detail that you can look at it for a while, look away for, for a while and come back, find something new. Also just like all these little Easter eggs and like that leaves room to tell more stories and like, you know, meaning behind it and stuff like that is like what, what I like, I guess. So do you know a lot of other NFT collectors? I do. I, I do. Um, so do you all have something in common that you surprised you or, you know, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm really interested in knowing where, you know, this urge to collect NFTs is coming from. And I'm wondering if you mm-hmm. noticed anything. Yeah. Like um, we're, we're all really believers in this future. Um, we, we really believe that this is a future for creatives uh, and digitalists, like particularly digital creatives and I mean, the technology itself is just so very beneficial to the world in, term, in terms of really authenticating things and like really proving that something is genuine. And so we just really believe in the technology. We believe that it's helping people. We see it. We see, we see it. You know, we, we literally can see people's lives changing, hearing stories. And that's what we love. We, we all love this. And 
you know, people who are collecting with the sole intention of collecting, that's, that's what we're here for, I think. So is there anything you wanted to add, you know, and I, I just want to say thank you for being open because I think some collectors are very hesitant to talk about their collections. So I, I, I do appreciate you sort of being open to sort of answer these questions. But is there anything you want to add? Because, I mean, I, I want to bring in your perspective in general, like, you know, because I'm coming from a position where sort of I've been in the art world now for a few decades. I've seen this evolve. I have I don't know, like have any against nfts or anything mm -hmm. that i've seen that is like a total deal breaker except the environmental yeah. but like you said i've been yeah, reading right. that people are changing some of these uh things so that's also right. evolving is right. there anything you think that would be interesting to kind of give people a little insight into your perspective on all this yeah for sure um i think within the kind of art space i do think there's a severe lack of curation and i do think there is a severe lack of critics and you know, I, I guess like a critic, like people have, you know, their own tastes, but like, I, I do personally think that good art tells a story and there's like a lot of intent behind it. And frankly, I do think a lot of artworks are, don't do that, I guess. And there's merit to that as well. You know, like something that, you know, looks cool and like, is very like technically challenging to, to make is there's a lot of merit to it, but I, I, I do love stories and um i think there's a lot of room for that and a lot of room for growth in that that regard and room for curation and also like kind of like where this where my platform sevens has evolved into like i you know these initial artists who who went through all the applicants and we kind of wanted to curate like people who were artists who were talented and and that showed the passion and potential i had i created this ui where people needed to to have to go through each and every one of them. And that process is kind of like curation, you know, in a sense, and, and like collective curation. And so like what I built, I realized like, wait, I could just create a whole framework for this and then create other exhibitions with other visions and intentions behind it. And so that's kind of where the platform evolved into where now there are more exhibitions with, with Paris doing a women's empowerment exhibition and David Aryu for his community. And we have, and then um, overcame, which is like to represent is for photographers and videographers to depict their overcoming a mental challenge and, mm -hmm. and talk about mental, mental illness and stuff like this is like what I, I, I want, what I, what I really wanted, you know, like themes, themed shows, things that can represent something similar, but be, be shown in different ways. So people can, can start to think a little bit more critically and, and analytically about a story or a message and so that's I, I really like I love that kind of stuff and I wanted to build something that that helped push the space fo space forward in a, in a more like kind of like legitimate way with art and that's that's my hope and we, but we you know we've we all started from we started this all from really wanting to help others and that's really our core our core goal and that's every every exhibition like there needs to be some kind of charitable aspects or benevolent aspect and that's that's how we're, we're going to operate that's great yeah you know, so which brings up i think the probably my last question only because you know i think it, what, what you're saying it sounds like you want to create a little more equality around this i mean if, yes. you're, if you're doing programs mm -hmm. about women artists now there has been a lot of conversation about the crypto space being dominated mostly by white dudes you know, that's been, is, is that your perspective too? Is that the reality you're seeing? And then how, what are you doing or how do you see that potentially changing? Because, you know, people are also wondering, is this just going to reinforce and recreate all those systems, right? That mm -hmm. we've been trying to work against. Right. And it might be a reflection of where a lot of value exists currently. All these white white dudes, I guess. Yep. But I think what the true power of blockchain and why I was such a big proponent from the beginning is because it runs on a globally public network. And so like literally anyone has the opportunity to really try and make and participate in a global market and invest and things that were traditionally gatekept by these white dudes, you know, and, and like broken and very and like corrupt and closed off industries you know and so i mean this is not going to be an easy battle that's for sure um but you know creating more equal opportunities it, i i truly believe it starts with blockchain it's because it's it's a publicly open you know 
all it takes is knowledge, really, and understanding to take advantage of something for, on your own. And so it's, it is, to me, a more equal playing field, you know, like, like traditional investments, like you need to be like accredited, you need to have a million dollars in order to invest right. as in traditional, you know, and like that, that really helps perpetuate that, that more money makes more money, you know, having, you know, and like, but to remove all of that, you know, and create like an open level playing field where even starting with a little bit of money, you, ha- you have the opportunity to make like a hundred times your money somehow, you know, people in impoverished countries never, all they need is, you know, a phone and Wi-Fi to, to potentially do that for themselves. And so like, I think it's uh, the starts of things, and, but it's not going to, not going to be quick, but there is opportunity. Well, thank you, Tim. I think this was really interesting and I, and I really do appreciate you sort of helping us understand some different perspectives around this issue because I think it's still burgeoning. I think a lot of people don't know where it's going to settle. Uh, probably yeah. yourself as well. Um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> or if it will settle at all, who knows? Maybe yeah. that's a maybe that's a romantic idea nowadays, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Things are changing so quickly. But I appreciate this. And seven sounds really interesting. And those who are interested, I'll just give the URL www.grants.art so they can look it up uh, about uh, about the organization. And uh, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. It was was fun and, and an honor and pleasure. The music for this episode is Auto Wave by Kelly Moran from the album Ultraviolet which is available from Warp Records. I'm Harag Vartanyan, the co-founder and editor-in-chief of Hyperallergic. Thanks for listening, and stay safe and get vaccinated.